Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined as always by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, in the last couple of weeks, we were really stretched for episodes. We've relied heavily on questions, but this week, well, Jerry answered the bell, and uh, we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's truly Jerry season. Finally, I mean, it's been a God. I mean, the off season officially started what three weeks ago, and we didn't really hear a peep out of him, and now. You know, you got the trade on the weekend. You got uh, the signing on, uh, or sorry, the trade on Monday. You got the signing of Kendall Graveman on Tuesday, and then today's signing. So we have a lot, a lot to talk about. It's going to be really fun. I'm so glad we finally have legit, substantial stuff to talk about. Right, and I mean that's uh, that's not even counting the uh, Evan White signing became official. Uh, which we touched on in the last podcast, so not not a lot to talk about there. Um, but and uh, of course we have an Omar Narvaez uh, rumor from, I would say, probably the most reliable writer in baseball right now, Jeff Passan. Um, and uh, you know, there's also a few other things that kind of relate to the Mariners as well, without them being directly tied to them. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, we did get uh, quite a few questions, not as many as the last couple of weeks, which is uh, actually good timing for us. Um, if we if we can't get to those questions in time, guys, we apologize. We'll answer them for you on Twitter. Um, by the way, follow the Twitter account at uh, at SotomojoFS. Um, also, if you uh, if you guys want to do us a favor, you can go to SotomoJo.com and read some of the great content we have there. Like I said, Jerry's kept us busy for the last uh, four or five days, so we have a lot of new con- content out. You guys might have missed some stuff, so uh, why don't you go ahead and check that out at SotomoJo.com. Now, um, as I was saying, if we can't get to your guys' questions, we apologize. But a few of them are, you know, more or less going to be answered during the topic of the discussion. Uh, during the discussion of the topics, um, and we've kind of decided that we're going to go ahead. We're going to go in order of these uh, free agent signings and uh, the trade, uh, the acquisitions uh, as they came out. So uh, let's start here, Ty. Um, Nestor Cortez Jr. of the New York Yankees, formerly of the New York Yankees, now in the Seattle Mariners organization for. I believe the final report was $28,000 in slot money. Um, what do you think? What do you know about Nestor Cortez Jr.? Um, really, right now, looks like just a guy, to be quite honest with you. Um, but we'll see. You know, the, He's kind of got a little bit of Rowena Elias in him. Um, and, you know, we saw how that how that turned out when Elias returned to the organization. And, you know, they were able to uh, really turn him into a solid reliever. Um, you know, Cortez has, uh, I think he can throw from, like, multiple arm slots. He's got a little bit of a, a, a nice slider. It shows up now and then. Other than that, he's really just kind of meh. Uh, but he has some experience starting, um, so that's interesting. Maybe he could be the new, you know, your new little Wade LeBlanc kind of uh, pitcher that you could have, you know, swing man, guy that can go in the bullpen, maybe give you three or four innings, could possibly be an opener for you. Um, he does have minor league options still, so you don't absolutely have to keep him on, on the 26-man roster. Um and maybe that gives him a bit more opportunity to uh, work on whatever new things the Mariners may bring to him uh, in AAA. Um, 
because as as we've seen over the last few years under the Jerry Depoto regime, uh, this organization has been able to tap into the potential of some pitchers who seem to be kind of at the end of their rope. And Cortez is only 24 years old. Um, but obviously, you know, getting DFA'd by, by the Yankees, um, you know, they, they were done with him. You know, and, and funny enough, he stuck around with that really good Yankees bullpen for the majority of last season, yep. which is not an easy feat. So clearly there's something there um, that they liked. And, you know, unfortunately, they weren't able to figure things out with him. And now the Mariners have him, have him and maybe they're able to, to do something with him. But they've, you know, they've been able to tap into these guys a little bit. You think about James Pazos a couple of years ago, what they were able to do with him for about a year. Um, you think about Austin Adams, Brandon Brennan, Connor Sadzik. Obviously, all those guys got hurt. And other things happened. But, um, you know, they've been able to do this uh before with, with, with certain pitchers, even, you know, thinking about, you know, some of the older guys like Wade LeBlanc, like Tommy Malone. Um, so they, uh, yeah, I, I think this is an interesting opportunity for them. Um, you know, right now, again, I, I think he's just a guy, but um, maybe he can be an actual uh, contributor in 2020, whether they need a swingman, whether they need an opener, whether they need a, a guy that can go two or three innings, you know, out of the pen. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested. Yeah. Um, he said this is a situation for Cortez where he has to win a job. He's not going to be given one. Um, he is he is a 40 man roster player, so he was added to the 40 man. Um, you'll get to see him, I imagine, all of spring training. Um it's kind of an interesting arm, like you mentioned. He he throws from a lot of arm slots. He he uh, occasionally will add a hesitation into his uh, windup, and occasionally he'll quick pitch. Um, he kind of you know throws the whole kitchen sink at you, and he's got some usable pitches. Uh, he's got a fastball at you know eighty eight to ninety, nothing real special there. The slider is kind of a mix between a cutter and a slider. Um, it shows real potential. It has depth, but it also has kind of that sharp uh, velocity. Uh, that a normal cutter does. Um, and the changeup's not terrible. So, I mean, it, you could be looking at a guy with a couple of, uh, you know, average or slightly above average pitches um, who has starting experience in the past. Uh, you know, lefty, a lot of, lot of uh, control years there. And as you mentioned, he's got a couple options. So um, for $28,000 in slot money, which the Mariners are not going to use, um, it's basically like they claimed him on waivers. Uh, it's really how you should look at this deal. Um, and he's just a, you know, an arm that you throw out there. He's, he's not a closer or anything like that. And he's definitely not, you know, like you mentioned, he's probably a swing guy The you know, five, probably a five or six in a rotation. Um, not a guy you want to use in high leverage necessarily, but the Mariners will get a shot to uh, see what they can do with him. And, um, there's really no risk. I mean, he's pretty easy. If he, if you just can't work it out, you DFA him and you, uh, clear the 40 man spot and you're good to go. Um, I would say that the odds that Cortez, you know, does, never throws a pitch for the Mariners are about the same as that he does. Um, mm-hmm. but it's just, there's, there's just no risk. So it's not, there's nothing, there, there's really no <clears throat> negative about this particular trade. So, um, you know, it's all upside for the Mariners, not, not a significant upside, but you know, a useful, a useful bullpen piece for free, uh, that's a chance we're taking. So, 
uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. He'll be a fun guy to watch uh, in spring training. And uh, if he doesn't make the team, I imagine he'll probably head to uh, Tacoma. So uh, <clears throat> we'll see how all that works out uh, for the Mariners. Now let's move on to uh, a couple guys who I think we can feel pretty confident that they're going to make the uh, the big league team if they're healthy. Um, let's start with the uh, the starting pitcher that the Mariners have signed, uh, Kendall Graveman, formerly of the Oakland A's. He actually made a uh, a couple opening day starts, I believe, uh, okay. for Oakland. Uh, so Ty, what can you tell us about Kendall Graveman, and uh, do you like the move? Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty interesting of. Of course, you know he's coming off of the surgery in uh, in 2017 or uh, sorry 2018, and um, you know he's working his way back. Was only able to throw six professional innings last year in the Cubs organization, um, and they ended up uh, cutting him this this off season. Um, but you know from from what we've seen, you know we're we're pretty familiar with Graveman after you know seeing him pitch against the Mariners quite a few times. He's a solid back into the rotation piece. I think if he if he can maintain his uh, his velocity, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of information on where he is right now in terms of uh, of you know where his stuff is, et cetera. Now that you know the the elbow is is healing, um, but he's been a mid nineties guy. Uh, really isn't a big strikeout guy, but gets outs. He um, he's you know kind of just a bend not break type of pitcher. Uh, I think you know yesterday on Twitter you you kind of likened him or or said that you know his numbers on a on a nightly basis will look similar to what Mike Leak puts up. I think it's a pretty good comp actually. He's kind of like Mike Leak with more velocity. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting play. I think he's a guy that could get you some solid innings at the back of your rotation and. Maybe, you know, may get you something on the trade market if he has a pretty good year. Um, again, this is a this is another deal where there's really no risk involved. It's a one-year deal. Uh, I think it's league minimum or something around that area on the money. So, whatever. Uh, it's not a huge deal. Uh, but if you can get him healthy and get him back on the right track, he was a really good pitcher for the A's. Um it was worth, you know, uh, nearly two two wins in, in 2016. It was worth 1.1 1. 1 F4 in 2017. Um, he's a he's a solid solid pitcher. He he came to Oakland in the uh, in the Josh Donaldson deal from Toronto, and um, really just was a, a steady piece in, in that Oakland rotation um, for a couple of years there. So. I think I think it's a really interesting opportunity uh, for the Mariners. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with him, and maybe you know if that velocity is still there, maybe he's an interesting bullpen play as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know this is uh, this is pretty pretty simple uh, signing for the Mariners. They get a guy who right now is the number four pitcher in their rotation. Um, we'll see what el- what other moves they make. Uh, it's a Basically, a little. I think he's two million dollars guaranteed. Um, uh, so, I mean, there's really no uh, no risk there. You mentioned the velocity. He was what ninety five with a sinker um, when he was last healthy. That was kind of a change uh, for him. He was normally in the low nineties, and he would touch ninety three ish. Last time he was healthy, he was 
you know, sitting 93 and touching 95, 96. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think this is an interesting arm. Uh, pretty much we're to the point now uh, where when the Mariners sign a pitcher, we kind of have to go, hmm, I wonder what they're, what they, what they're going to change or what they're going to exactly. tweak. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, because Mariners are kind of good at this now. Um, which is something that people kind of have to get used to. But you look at just what they did last year and what they've done, you know, what they did with Marco Gonzalez, um, how they helped him, what they did, like we talked about earlier, with Austin Adams and Connor Sadzik. And those are just mainly, you know, pitch selection changes. They made some mechanical changes on a few guys. Uh, We kind of are stuck, or we're stuck. (laughs) We're kind of in a spot where the Mariners are good at developing pitchers. Um, and obviously, you know, we, we have to see the jury still out on guys like Gilbert, um, and Dunn and Sheffield and all that. But right now I don't really have much of a choice, but to say the Mariners are pretty good at the pitcher development side of this game. So let's see what they can do with Graveman who has pretty good stuff. Never been a real strikeout guy. I don't think they can get him to, you know, be a, a K per nine guy, but can they take him from five or six to seven? Yeah. Uh, you know, can they do that? Because with the ground ball rate, if he can miss just a few more bats, that's a guy who, if healthy, and that's a big if, um, you know, that's a guy who is a solid back into the rotation starter who has some upside. And like you mentioned, could be dealt or, you know, could stick around uh, both years and, uh, and really help your team either in the rotation or possibly when uh, Dunn and uh, Gilbert are ready probably slide him to the bullpen he's a pretty good arm um so like i said all in all it's i mean there's really nothing to hate on this deal it's basically impossible to do so um we'll see what the mariners ultimately get out of him but graveman's going to be a guy that i'm going to be really excited to watch in spring training um because there's some upside here and uh you know at two million dollars guaranteed it's well worth the risk um, especially for Seattle, because if he doesn't work out, okay, <laughs> it's $2 million. We'll be fine. So uh, Graveman's, uh, uh, I don't want to say exciting, but it's a, uh, it's a good move by the Mariners, and it's a, it's a risk worth taking. So uh, good on Jerry, and uh, hopefully Graveman is, you know, the number four starter that we think he can be. Oh. All right, now let's move on to today's. Uh, today's acquisition, at least the one so far, um, and that would be, of course, the uh, recently announced signing of Carl Edwards Jr., uh, formerly of the Chicago Cubs and last year with the uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, Ty, you just wrote up the piece on Carl Edwards and what he brings to the table. Uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, share with us what you found? Yeah, so uh, I think the the uh, kind of the most important thing on the signing is that Edwards was waived. Uh, so therefore, when the when the Mariners signed him, they got three years of club control on him. He's arb eligible for the next two years. So you have this guy for through the twenty twenty two season, and I think that's very important because there is a lot of potential here with Carl Edwards. Um, really, outside of last year, you know, last year was a big struggle for him dealt with injuries he ended up getting traded and then wound up on the injured list not even two weeks later um it was just a really 
weird year for him. So, and given his past, we're just going to take that season, ball it up, throw it in the trash because it is more than likely an anomaly. Uh, Edwards has been a solid pitcher for most of his career. Uh, in 2018, he was worth 1.2 F war, posted 11.6 K per nine. Um, and he was a, a, a steady uh, bullpen piece and a really good bullpen for Chicago over the last couple of years. He won a World Series with them. Um, you know, he even pitched in that game seven. Um, he is uh, he's really interesting. Really, just the only problem with him is walks. He's been around the five range for his walks per nine. That is absolutely horrendous. But when you look at his fastball spin rate, which he was second in amongst every pitcher in the league in 2018, when you look at that, when you look at his velocity, uh, which is mid-90s, he's at 93 to 95 most times with the fastball, can even touch 96. Um, if you have that with that kind of spin on it, you know, we talked about this before, the, before we started recording, that's huge. You know, it's really just going to be about getting him in the zone consistently. And, you know, as you mentioned and as we've, you know, talked about, uh, over the last few podcasts and in our articles on the site, etc., um, the Mariners have been really good at turning pitchers around and really, you know, figuring things out for them. And if they can get his command figured out and his control, I mean, the sky's the limit, really, for him. Um, I'm really excited about this move. I think it's a great move for them and what they've been able to do with these pitchers. I think there's just, they, they've, they've allowed themselves to be trusted by us to, to, to fix these things with these pitchers. And so I'm putting my trust in them and I think that they can do that. And if they can, this is a really, really, really good move for the Mariners. Um, and it's one that, you know, again, with the, with the club control, they can choose to keep him into their window of contention. Mm-hmm. Or they could trade him. You know, say he, he becomes the team's closer this year, has a really good year, and they trade him at the deadline, or they trade him in the winter. You know, that, that there is a lot of potential here. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think this was kind of really the perfect match and I honestly kind of feel stupid for not identifying this match earlier yeah um, like you said there's Carl Edwards Jr. is all about upside he is a uh, a thin thin uh, man uh, 28 years old <laughs> he uh, apparently his nickname is the string bean slinger um, which is uh, aptly fit he stands six foot three they list him at a buck 70 I'm not 100% sold on that. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, the fastball is insane. It's a hard fastball with elite spin rates. Um, and so, you know, you enter, uh, like I said, last year he only threw 17 innings. There's clearly some kind of injury there. There's some kind of 
something wasn't right with Carl Edwards Jr. And again, you know, you probably have to have some concerns about the small frame and wonder how long he can hold up. Um, but he is a reliever. And you look at his 2018, uh, you know, his his uh, average exit velocity was in the top 2% of the league. Uh, you can't, you couldn't square him up in 2018. By the way, in uh, 2017, he was in the top 1% of the league. Uh, in 2018, he had 123 balls that were put in play in fair territory against him. Only five of them were barreled up. Uh, so this is a guy that, you know, when he's right, not only does he miss bats, when you actually get the bat on the ball, it's for almost no damage. And that's, we talk about the spin rate, you know, the fastballs with high spin rate, uh, you know, hitters will tell you those look like they rise. Um, and when you're 95, 96, you have that spin rate followed up with a pretty good curveball, I might add. Um, it's, it makes for a really uncomfortable at bat. Now Edwards has to throw strikes. He has to be in the zone to be effective. Um, although not all that, uh, not all that in the zone because you mentioned the high walk rates and he's still posting, you know, nearly two win seasons as a reliever. Uh, that's really impressive. And, uh, you know, you look at the, the numbers here in, uh, 2018, which was his last, uh, you know, his last good year, um, you know, opponents hit 220 off of the, the fastball. They hit 077 off of the curveball. Yep. The uh, expected slugging percentage off of the curveball in 2018 was 103. <laughs> the actual slugging percentage was 077, um, which obviously is the same as the batting average. He gave up zero extra base hits on his curveball in 2018. Uh the guy's got closer stuff. It's just a matter of whether or not he can return to 2018 form. And if the Mariners can help him lower his walk rate down to, you know, somewhere in the high threes, this is a potential closer. And at the very least, it's a high leverage arm. And we see how much high leverage arms go for uh, in season trades. So um, this is all upside for the Mariners. It's, it's just straight gravy. I think his deal is $950,000 and he can make up to 500,000 in bonuses. So you're looking at $1.45 million this year. And then you get him for two more years after this. It's a slam dunk for the Mariners. It's an absolute great signing. Um, Edwards, I think we'll start the year as the closer. That could be a selling point. Um, but we'll see how it actually works out for him. Um, but this is great. It's, it's very similar to the Hunter Strickland uh, signing from last winter, but with a lot more upside. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great deal for Jerry Depoto, and uh, Mariners fans should be excited about this. This is uh, this is a legit back end reliever, um, who is, you know, basically been bought low, as low as his value can get. So uh, this yeah. is this is a good move. This is a good move. Yeah. Real quick before we move on, uh, mm-hmm. Jerry Depoto will be on MLB Now on MLB Network today between four and five Eastern to talk about the Evan Wild signing. And guess who will be on that show? To interview him. Along with a few others. John Heyman. Oh, Jesus. John well, Heyman and Jerry DePoto are going to speak to one another. Well, you know John Heyman doesn't have the balls or the brain to uh, <laughs> even ask Jerry DePoto a salient question. So um, that sounds interesting, but there's no I way Heyman has... I would love... 
I would love to hear him and ask Jerry DePoto what his plan is. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jerry will give him a, a you know, a politically correct answer, but, uh, you know, I, I would love it more if, uh, you know, if uh, DePoto just started dropping the word plan like over and over and over again. Be like, you know, there's some guys out there who don't really understand what we're trying to do, but we do have a plan and it's a plan that's working. And the plan is that we're planning on winning the plan and just like go after him. Just because like I said, John Heyman is still an absolute moron. We knew that coming in. Um, haven't seen him break any, any stories pretty much been passing. Um, Heyman, you know, we can go. We can do a whole hour show about how stupid John Heyman is, um, and I would love to see Jerry put him in his place because if it was a battle of wits between John Heyman and Jerry Depoto, it wouldn't be fair because Heyman's just simply unarmed. So, um, hopefully, hopefully Jerry uh, throws some punches, but I don't think he will. But uh, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. So, um, yeah, if you guys can, might want to watch that. Anyways, let's uh, let's talk about something that hasn't actually happened yet. All right, so let's talk about Omar Narvaez. Um, Jeff Passan, who is not witless, uh, he uh, he had a report on Monday. I want to say, um, you know, basically saying that uh, thanks to the uh, the catcher market moving as fast as it was. Omar Narvaez's name is coming up a lot. The Mariners are trying to trade him. Um, typically, the way these things work uh, is once the rumor is out there, uh, the deal comes together pretty fast. Uh, that's usually how these type of things work with uh, Jerry Depoto. So there's a good chance that um, you know sometime later today, Omar Narvaez is traded. Uh, but Ty, let's let's talk about Omar Narvaez. We've we've certainly uh, touched on the idea of trading him. Um, I think we both kind of agree that the Mariners liked their three catcher situation. Um, mm-hmm. So we didn't necessarily think this was likely, but uh, I mean, at this stage, I, I mean, Omar Narvaez is getting traded, right? It's just a matter of when, not if. At least yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it seems like it. Uh, it seemed like, you know, passing news language, like it would be completed soon. Um you know, we've heard, I don't, I don't know if you listen to Jason Churchill's pot, uh, latest podcast, but he said he's heard three teams and there's one team that's had extensive talks with the Mariners about Nervais. Uh, so I, it seems like it's inevitable that he'll be traded. Um, my only concern is that I, you know, just hopefully you're, you're getting, you're absolutely sure that whoever you're getting back in this trade is worth more to your team than Narvaez is because, you know, like you said, they, they really like their three catcher. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're catching trio, I guess, if you, if you want to <laughs> consider it that. And then, uh, uh, you know, they, they can do other things with Narvaez outside of, you know, playing him behind, you know, at the backstop, they can DH him, they can play him at first base, you know, they can try different things to get that bat in the lineup. That is a very good bat. Um, so that's just where my concern lies with the steal that they trade him and they get a couple prospects that are fairly interesting, but you know, nothing great. Um, I just don't want him to 
sell low on Narvaez, even though that there isn't as much value as maybe you would like there to be um, because of the concerns about his defense and, you know, really the, the fact that any team that's acquiring him is more so going to play him at first base or DH, and there's only so much value in that. Um, so, yeah, so I just, you know, again, my main concern is just making sure that the value is there. Um, that you're actually getting a piece or two that you can use more than Narvaez uh, as your DH or what have you in uh, the coming years. Um, so, yeah, so I, I just I look at it as a situation where you don't absolutely have to trade Narvaez. Um, but if you can get something that that helps you, absolutely. Yeah, um, I don't think the uh, the Mariners or Jerry DePoto are um, selling low on Narvaez, so to speak. I, I think, you know, yeah. if talks have gone this far. Uh, there's probably been names exchanged um, that are at least interesting to the Mariners. Um, it's just a matter of putting it together. Um, there is the possibility uh, that we should address that uh, this deal involves uh, multiple pieces. Uh, you know, there could be major league piece in a, in a prospect coming back or there could be salaries that are being worked out that you know we need you to eat x amount and you take this much and we'll take the prospect blah blah Um, there's physicals Um, this deal could be largely done but there are issues like money and physicals that need to happen before anything can be announced and the mariners are you know they're pretty famously tight-lipped you know jerry will tell you a lot after the fact uh but Oftentimes, these trades that happen, uh, they're kind of sprung on us. We don't get much warning. Um, so if that is the case, then this could be a late-night thing where you know it's 7, 8 o'clock tonight uh, Pacific time, and all of a sudden you just... By the way, the Mariners are trading Narvaez for you know ex-big leaguer, this minor league piece in cash, and that's why it took a little while uh, to become official. But... Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think the Mariners are going to get fairly good value uh, from Omar Narvaez. It's almost certainly going to be more than what they uh, gave up to get Narvaez. Um, and I think, you know, the Evan White signing was a pretty clear sign that, uh, you know, the Mariners are really going to try to let Evan White win that first base job. Uh, and at that point, you know, the Mariners like Murphy more than Narvaez. I think I think that has to be pretty clear at this point. Um, and so that, you know, logical explan or logical choice says, okay, well, we're probably not going to get a lot for Nola in a trade. We have some interest in Narvaez. Let's see what we can do. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, like I said, at this point, I think it's pretty much a matter of, uh, when he's traded, not if he's traded. So, um, so what are your thoughts on, on, on return for him? Um, because I look at it as I don't think that they can get as I don't think that they can get the same exact value that they were able to get back in the Zanino deal last year. You know, the Malik Smith, Jake Fraley. But I don't know. What what are you thinking? Because like I, I you know, I hear different things all the time about kind of what the thoughts are on Narvaez around the league. You know, obviously there's the big defensive uh question mark but also he wasn't that bad towards the end of the season he did improve 
defensively. I, I don't think that his league worst defensive war that he was given by Fangraphs last year is actually reflective of, of the year that he had. I don't think he was that bad. Yeah. Um, you know, defensively, Narvaez is never going to be good. Um, yeah. On any given night, the best you could hope for is average. Uh, but it was, you know, it was pretty clear there were some uh, improvements, um, you know, uh, throughout the season. And we talk about or we talked about last year how the uh, the White Sox are basically a, the running joke of defensive catcher development. Uh, they just don't care really at all and how guys leave that organization. And all of a sudden there you go from being terrible defensive catchers to pretty good. You know, we talk about a guy like Tyler Flowers. Um, Narvaez is never going to be that good, but you can catch him, you know, 60 to 80 games a year and he won't kill you at all. Um, you know, it won't be a plus, but he's not going to destroy you. Um, if he's doing it 60 to 80 games and 60 to 80 games at catcher and then, you know, 40 at first base and then 20 at DH or whatever, that's valuable. Um, that's more valuable than a first base only guy. Uh, so um, in terms of return, I, I think, you know, it's it's tough because I think what you're looking at is maybe a couple of B-minus prospects. If you go the prospect route, I think you could be looking at a, um, you know, maybe a solid middle reliever uh, type uh, with maybe four or five years of uh, club control. Uh, I think that's a possibility. Uh or, you know, like I said, I, I wouldn't rule out this idea that the Mariners take on, um, you know, a thought that came last night is, you know, do the Mariners trade Omar Narvaez to the Rockies, who are said to be looking for a catcher? Um, and do they take on a contract like, I don't know, Jake McGee to get a, a better prospect return? Um, because the Rockies have quite a few prospects that I really like for the Mariners. Um, and, you know, just that idea in general of, well, we'll take, you know, that $10 million contract you want to get rid of. Narvaez is going to make about three. But if we take that contract, we're going to ask for a, a bump in the prospect pay. Um, and I, <clears throat> sorry, and I think that's a real possibility. So I don't know. What are you, what are you kind of expecting? Yeah, I, um, you know, that's really what I've been hearing. The two B minus prospects or, you know, uh, maybe a major league starter with, you know, a year or two of control. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I, I, again, all I hope for is that they're confident that whatever they're getting can help them at more or equal to the value that Narvaez's bat gives you. Uh, because again, that that's still a really good bat. I know he's limited in position, but still, uh, it you know again, I just I I don't want to trade him just to trade him. No, I, I yeah, and I don't think that's what the Mariners are going to do. So uh, we'll see how all that plays out. I I think you know um, you want to you want to take a stab at uh, what team he's traded to, or did you have maybe a, a trade? idea that you kind of like or well like right. so yesterday on on churchill's pod he said uh two american league teams one national league team 
Um, I, I'm going to say the National League team is the Brewers. Hmm. I I still I don't know I, I I feel like I don't know I'm just feeling Brewers on it. Um, American League teams, I guess Tampa's out of the race now that they they brought Sanino back and uh, well uh, uh, I, don't know. I wouldn't be so uh, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. first base DH they could use them out. Yeah. Uh, so Tampa. Um, you know, maybe the Yankees. The Yankees are kind of interesting. Isn't uh, Romine is is a free agent, right? Right. And they 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 uh, you know Encarnacion is gone. Mm-hmm. I think that's a team that could be in the mix. You're talking more of DH and first, first base there. Yeah, DH first yeah. base. Obviously, they got Voight. Right. Well. Uh, I mean, Voight's a non-tender uh, candidate, I think. Um, I don't know. It, it's tough to imagine the Yankees being okay with Gary Sanchez and Omar Narvaez behind the plate. Um, neither sure. one of them are good. Uh, huh. Sanchez throws guys out, but uh, that's about it, all he does. Um, but no, yeah, the Yankees, that left-handed swing uh, at Yankee Stadium. Uh, first base, DH, can catch you know every once in a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it makes sense for them. He's he's going to be, you know, cheap payroll wise. So, um, yeah, I uh, think Toronto. Say. I think Toronto makes some sense. I think pretty much every team in the AL West makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah I think a lot of American League teams makes make a ton of sense. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint them. Uh, but I think in the National League to figure out just who that National League team is, it's probably Cincinnati, uh, Milwaukee, or Colorado. I throw the Nationals in there too. Nationals, yeah, yeah. I think those are really the four that I look at in the National League, and I go, mm, you know, maybe. Um, Milwaukee seems like the obvious uh, destination there. Um, they lost Grandall. They need to replace that offense. Um, it'll be a lot, you know. They're probably not going to be able to replace that defense. Um, I'm wondering if maybe a team like Minnesota. Like, kind of a surprising... Because they have Mitch Garver. They lost yeah. Jason Castro. Uh, they have Nelson Cruz at DH. Uh, but, you know, first base right now, CJ Crone. I mean, power, but doesn't really get on base. I mean, <clears throat> I think maybe that's a possibility. Um, yeah, but uh, to me, you know, the, the three teams in the American League that make the most sense... Um, Los Angeles, the Angels, uh, Houston, and Tampa. Uh, mm-hmm. I think those three teams make a lot of sense. Uh, Texas definitely needs a catcher upgrade. In Texas today, they signed uh, Kyle Gibson. Um, and, of course, with the rumors that they're on, um, uh, Rendon, uh, you know, it seems like they're ready to compete for a wild card. And if they are, or they think they are, they need to have a catcher that's worth something. Uh, because I'm pretty sure last year they're, catching situation combined for like a negative three F four. So Narvaez may be bad behind the plate, but he is a, uh, he's a positive war player and that's a step in the right direction. Um, Yeah. You know, I I am kind of fascinated by the idea of the Colorado Rockies. Um, You know, they're, they're looking to shed salary. They pretty much need to, Um, they have a bunch of bad contracts. 
you know, Jake McGee is kind of a, a nice bounce back guy by himself. And then with the six, $7 million difference in salary, you can probably bring back a, you know, maybe it's a, uh, you know, maybe instead of a B minus prospect, it's a B plus prospect. I, I just don't see any scenario where you're going to get a, like a top 100 guy. Um, we just that's just not real. Except in our GM sum. <laughs> uh, I don't think Brandon Marsh is top one hundred, is he? <clears throat> uh, Pipeline has him at like seventy something, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, let's go back to that real fast here. We talked about the Angels. Uh, uh, I don't see him on the pipeline. Uh, here, I'll, 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 he, I'll... He's probably really close um, if he's not there. Uh, but, uh, anyways. Uh, you know, let's talk about the Angels real fast. Yeah, I guess we he's not about... on there anymore. Weird. Yeah. We, we I saw him about... on there when we. Did right, you? Anyway, yeah, I saw him on there <laughs> a couple days ago. I, I knew they were going to update it, but I, I didn't think that was yet. Anyways, um, no, we talked about the Angels being a possible fit there. We also talked about maybe the Mariners swap three years of Narvaez for two years or of a starting pitcher uh, mm-hmm. to kind of help them through this. I mean. In our sim, we traded Narvaez for Marsh, but we also got Andrew Heaney. Um, what do you think? Real-life swap of Andrew Heaney for uh, for Omar Narvaez. What would you think of that? Um, I'm okay with it, but, you know, as we talked about when we were doing our deal for, for Heaney and the sim, it's about keeping him healthy. And, you know, he hasn't been uh, the face of health <laughs> You know, in his career, uh, so pretty I, good. He is healthy, though. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I feel like it's fine. I think the value lines up. I just don't think that it makes a ton of sense for the Mariners. Yeah. Like just straight, like just straight up. Like if they were able to, you know, as we did, maybe throw in Gilbo or something like that, and they're able to get. Marsh or you know a piece like that maybe um, Jackson or I don't I don't know I I, I don't know. I I would like a more controllable controllable piece than Heaney personally sure, sure. Uh, you know for me Heaney's a really good pitcher when he's healthy and uh, obviously yeah. in just the, the prediction game uh, Depoto did acquire Heaney once and uh, yeah seeing that he doesn't mind doing that, you know, a couple times. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I, I guess if I was going to throw a deal out there, I, I would probably go with like, uh, you know, Jake McGee, who's set to make $9 million this year. Narvaez is about six or I'm sorry, about three. Um, so $6 million difference there. I don't know. Can I get, I'm going to butcher his name, but Ryan Vlade, shortstop third base guy from in you know high a uh average better hit tool above average power rocket for an arm should be able to stick it short can handle third base no problem um you know and again he's 20 years old uh so still some uh, some room to grow there can i get that then maybe i'm interested can i get even like i don't know colton Wel- welker third base prospect uh-huh. pretty average tools across the board um you know, can I get somebody like that if I take on Jake McGee? Then maybe I'm interested. What about Ryan McMahon? He's been a guy that I, people I, have I know liked. You're a fan. Almost, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, again, second base difficulties there with McMahon. Uh, Shed Long is the guy uh, yeah. I would invest in. I'd rather have, I'd rather take the chance on Long because I don't think you're on McMahon. I don't think you're missing significant upside. You know, uh-huh. I think McMahon's a better bet to be a everyday second baseman than Shed Long is. But I think Long's upside is just a bit higher, and I'm willing to take that risk. Um, he was McMahon was pretty good at third last year too. Just putting that out there, right? But I I don't see yeah. Seager going anywhere. No, 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 no. I know. I'm just saying you can play him in a bunch of different spots. Right? Yeah, versatility, which is yeah. a plus. Uh, you know, the guy like if if you could tell me, like, just using the Rockies again, if I could get Sam Hilliard for Omar Narvaez, I would have done that yesterday. I don't think you can. But can I get him for, you know, can I get Hilliard for Narvaez and Tui Valala? Because I probably do that. Hilliard's a, a really nice prospect. I, I think he's underrated. Um, but uh, you know, here here's something just in general, major league, major league swap, and then we'll, we'll move on because we're we're totally speculating at this point, and uh, that that never is a good spot for us to be in. But let me ask you this. Omar Narvaez for Kyle Freeland, yes or no? Yes. Both both guys have. Oh wait, you know what? I'm sorry. I thought Freeland uh, was had three years of club control left. He actually has uh, four. So. Well, then oh, absolutely no, he yes. <laughs> he must have just barely missed the cutoff for that third year. He is super two eligible, so he is in arbitration. Um, but yeah, Freeland's coming off a, a horrific year. Um, but the previous two years, he was, you know, good. See, that's see that is a name that I would take a chance on more than Heaney, um, because the two extra years of club control that helps. Well, um, yeah, that, but also, you know, he, I know are you will- stayed healthy at least? He just had a bad year last year. I don't know. He pitched two hundred plus innings twenty eighteen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not. He kind of seems Marco Gonzalez to me, maybe mm-hmm. a bit more upside. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's that's totally fine by me. Let me raise the stakes since you answered yes so quickly. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Rockies say okay, we'll give you Freeland, but you got to take Ian Desmond. Uh, Desmond scheduled to make fifteen million dollars this year, eight million dollars next year, with a two million dollar buyout. So he's guaranteed twenty five million dollars over the next two. How much money of that? How much money do the Rockies have to eat for you to be comfortable taking that deal? Uh, here, so the buyout is for when? Twenty after twenty twenty one. Um. Okay, so he's making twenty five. That's guaranteed. Freeland. Freeland is a higher value than Narvaez just because starting pitcher plus control. Yeah. Freeland's probably going to make about what Narvaez does as a super two. So I'd say they eat half. Are you in? Maybe less than half. Maybe like 35%, 40%. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking maybe like um, eight to 10. So basically, if they if they pay like basically pay off twenty twenty one, 
Right. Ten million dollars. Yeah. Ask them to cover the buyout and the salary. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And and you get a guy that he can play some outfield for you. He can play you know a few different. Spots. I mean, he can stand out there for you. Yeah, he can stand up. <laughs> I mean, Ian Desmond's not eh, not a good player right now. I uh, would take I would take Kyle Freeland for him though. I would I would do that. I'd make that sacrifice. I like Kyle Freeland a lot. Ian Desmond hasn't had a positive F war in his entire career with the Rockies. Yeah. Negative yep. zero point eight, negative zero point six, negative zero point three. I guess you look at that and say he's improving. So this next year he might be worth zero. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just got to get out of a place, man. It's just not a fit. So yeah. um, I mean, three and a half win player right before he went to Colorado, though. Uh, I don't know. It's and, interesting. I guess. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Okay. I would be more open to taking on someone like Daniel Murphy. I think he's set to make like ten million or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you probably would, but I'm sure the the Rockies aren't going to part with you know because he's a free agent after this year, right? Sure, but I mean, like, don't they want to shed salary for this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, we'll see what know. happens. You can get. Uh, I would really... take uh, I would take on the whole contract if they got me Kyle Freeland. Oh Jesus! I'm just saying. <clears throat> oh, I mean, Daniel Murphy's still a pretty good player, so uh, had a pretty bad <laughs> year last year. <laughs> Is he though? Yeah. <laughs> uh, boy. <clears throat> anyway, so that, that's a that's a lot of speculation there on uh, on Narvaez. <laughs> Hopefully, we have a uh, a trade. I I. If we end up with a trade, the podcast on that is probably going to be, um, if it happens tonight, uh, probably not going to be up tomorrow unless, you know, Ty wants to do a solo run or something. Um, Yolmer Sanchez cleared waivers and is now a free agent. I know you like him. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, you know, Sanchez is really a second baseman and you have to give Shed Long the opportunity. Uh, but man, is he fun? Go watch some of his defensive highlights. Oh, oh boy, he is—he's a fun player. Um, just really, you know, just all contact though, no, no power whatsoever. So, um, but yeah, man, that that would be a lot of fun. So, here's where we're at with this: we are at the 51 minute mark, which means we have nine minutes to answer questions. Okay, so. Here we go. We are going to rapid fire as I waste time trying to pull up the questions because for some reason I must have cleared them. Here we go. Uh, you ready? Lightning round. All right. Go. At Seattle underscore 09. Pending Evan White making the major league club out of spring training and after the Mariners trade Omar Narvaez, what's the plan with Austin Nola? Uh, backup catcher, but they'll... I would assume that they'll try to find ways to get him in the lineup. He would be hit pretty well last year. Um, and he can play a bunch of different spots. You know, I'd expect to see him in a corner outfield spot some days. But mostly, you know, first base when Evan White isn't playing. Second, 
third, short, everything. Um, I think they'll they'll get creative and find ways to get him in the lineup. He's a good player. I like watching him play. Yeah. Get him in the lineup three, four days a week. Two yep. two to four days a week, give or take. And, uh, and uh, you know, see what he can give you. So yeah. I, I think that's the plan. And, you know, primarily backup catcher. So, uh, you know, it's no guarantee that Murphy repeats what he did last year. It's no guarantee that Nola does either. Um, so we'll see how all that plays out, but yeah, he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll probably find his way to 300, 400 plate appearances somehow. Um, especially if he hits like he did last year. All right. Uh, let's move on to, uh, a good buddy, Jordan at Mormon pizza man on Twitter, assuming either Santana Vogelback, Hanager or Hanager gets traded. Who would you like to, uh, come in as the veteran presence? Veteran uh, presence. I think, Kyle Seeger's, you know, yeah. Uh, Kyle Seeger's that guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, and he kind of embodies the success of a of a Mariner ball player. He was drafted by the team, came up through the organization, made an all, you know, he was an all star, Gold Glove winner, et cetera. Like that's the kind of guy that you that that fits that mold perfectly. You know, right. especially for these young guys, he sets the standard for what being a Seattle mirror means, and and trying to flip the narrative of that to make it, you know, come from a a, a standpoint of success, right? Yeah. And yeah, and so and so Kyle Seeger kind of embodies the success of being a Seattle mirror, which there isn't a whole lot of that. So yeah, Seeger's yeah. the guy. Yeah. yeah, I think there's this idea that old means veteran presence. I mean, why can't Marco Gonzalez be your veteran presence? Exactly. I mean, the Mariners want him to be in a leadership role and he's in a position right now where he would be. And I would also say just because you lost a guy like Felix Hernandez, that doesn't mean you really lost much in the clubhouse. I mean, just because he's been around for a while doesn't necessarily mean he's good in the clubhouse. So uh, keep that in mind. But I, I think it's Kyle Seeger, um, you know, on the offensive side of things maybe Mitch Hanager if he's still around. Then on the pitching side of things, it's probably going to be Marco Gonzalez. Um, you know, the pitching coach is a young guy too, so that's something that could just come from within. Um, in terms of like, if you ask me to bring in somebody from the outside, I mean, I, I, I don't know how these guys are in the clubhouse, but Martin Maldonado, been on a few winning clubs, things like that. Um, you know, it just it's tough because I don't know how these guys are in the clubhouse. And I'm not just going to assume because the guy's played for, you know, 11 years, he's a good clubhouse guy. Um, I, I think you're fine with Seager. I think you're fine with Marco. And I think the coaching staff, you know, can help fill some of that void. So, Oh, uh, dude, the perfect clubhouse presence is actually available. Gene Segura. <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, and by the way, you didn't mention D. Gordon in that trade. So, I mean, if he's still around, there's another yeah. guy. So... Uh, thanks for the question, Jordan. Um, at Abraham Kenneth Acorsi, which is at, uh, sorry, Abraham Kenneth Acorsi at AK Acorsi. Um, I swear we get this question every time. Um, he wants a new Nike alternate jersey, and he wants to know if there's room in the rotation. Uh, yes. Sure, yeah. Uh, Nike jersey, not going to happen, apparently, not this year. Uh, which is sad, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably makes more sense to do the redesign 
when in after you know this season when you feel like you're on your way yeah um, i mean you know you you saw like kind of how the uh like with the seahawks when the when the nfl switched to nike and the seahawks got those new uniforms that's you know when russell wilson was drafted bobby wagner and i cut it it had nothing know, the, to do with that it was all the uniform yeah no it was all the uniform <laughs> no but like i think like the the, the re- redesign really kind of set the tone for that um you know shift in in culture and shift in you know uh the history of, yeah. of that organization. So, um, yeah, I think I think bringing in some new uniforms, like when you actually think that you're ready to to go and make this thing happen, I think that would be that would be nice. Obviously, I'm I'm a big supporter of getting new new jerseys. Uh, yeah. I've made that clear over the last few podcasts, but uh, not going to happen this year, unfortunately, which sucks. But and we're oh well. by the way, we're done answering jersey questions. Okay, yeah, we're done. We are both in favor of new jerseys. That's fine. We both love New Jersey's. They're probably not happening this year. That's yeah. that's the final word. We're done. We like. Oh, they're we're... they're already they're already confirmed not happening. They, Evan White was rocking the Nike Mariners jersey at his conference. It's not happening yeah, the this year. Um, yeah. But like the significant the significant change, probably not happening. And if it does, we'll probably like it. So, last time we're answering that. Anyways, uh, let's move on to Ben Sprouse at Ben underscore Sprouse. Simple question here. Who ends up with a better major league career, Donnie Walton or Dylan Moore? Ooh, I'm a big fan of Donnie baseball. Uh, I think so. there's only one Donnie baseball, but okay. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... Uh, I don't know. Dylan Moore was actually not that bad last year. No, he's but, pretty good the second half, especially. Yeah, yeah, gets a lot, gets a lot of flack, especially for the for the three right. error inning and all that. He in you know the throw to home and all that it's stuff. Good pop, but, and he can show yeah. he can handle the outfield as well as the infield. Yeah, yeah I, I I'd probably go, yeah I'd yeah. probably go Walt, but it's really close. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm fine with either being the utility guy. Um. All right, we're gonna save that question because it's a longer one. There's no way we're, we have less than two minutes. Does anyone actually know what the Pirates would want for Archer? No. Uh, yeah. are, are they actually even listening to offers on him? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Go ask. Go <laughs> they ask. They should be. Go ask at Rumbutter. <laughs> Rumbutter. That's right. Yeah. It's a great website name, too. Um, yeah, we don't know if he's available. Uh, we don't know if anybody's made offers. We don't know if the Pirates are offers. All we can say is the Pirates should be listening. And if they are listening, the Mariners should be talking. Um, you know, Archer's kind of been one of our targets since the summer. So um, we'll see what happens there. We put right. him in our offseason plan. We got him in our GM Sim. some. Yeah. Wrote about him in our trade a day. Uh, we're all in on uh, Chris Archer, although that seems a lot less likely now. Anyways, uh, final question from at Philip. Smeraldo, I want to say. I, I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce your last name. This is a long one. Okay, we're going to blow by the hour. It, oh, well. Uh, rank these guys in the likelihood of being on the 26-man Mariners roster on opening day 2020 from the least likely to the most likely. So we have Mitch Hanniger, D. Gordon, Omar Narvaez, Tom Murphy, Domingo Santana, Malik Smith, Jake Fraley, and Braden Bishop. Which one of those guys is the least likely to be on the opening day roster? Omar Narvaez. Agreed. Second least likely. 
D. Gordon. Uh, I would agree. All right. So that leaves us with Mitch Hanniger, Tom Murphy, Domingo Santana, Malik Smith, Jake Fraley, and Braden Bishop. Domingo, Domingo Santana. Uh, I think I agree. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there's three. So now that leaves us Hanniger, Smith, Fraley, and Bishop, and Murphy. Uh, Malik, I would say. Yeah. Or Hanniger. It's kind of a tie for me. And I'd probably put. Fraley there in that really? spot. I just I, I think Fraley I think the plan is to start Fraley, Bishop, and Lewis in triple A. Um Oh, this was about okay. I thought this was uh just straight up like about who was getting traded. No, stuff. least I, likely to uh, make the to opening make the day opening roster. Day. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean the, the first three pretty- are still seem you know, Omar Narvaez, D. Gordon and uh Domingo in that order. They see, still seem like the least likely to me to be on the yeah. opening roster. So, yeah. So I'll agree with you on Fraley then. All right. Um, and then after Fraley, it's Hanager, Murphy, Smith, or Bishop. I'd probably say Bishop. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I feel like I feel like Bishop is like out of the three for Lewis, Fraley, Bishop. I think Bishop has the most likely shot. Uh, Older defense. Yeah, defense, older, of so course. you think yeah, it's I, more likely Braden Bishop is on the opening day roster or Malik Smith? I think Malik's is going to get traded. I, I really do. Malik's will get traded, okay. Yeah. So you would have Malik's in this spot. I would have Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have Malik Smith in my next spot. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, for you, that leaves Hanniger, Murphy, and uh, Bishop. I... I, I'm going to say Bishop. All right. Um, and then that leaves Hanniger and Murphy. Uh, for me, I, I think Murphy's on the team. So Yeah. He's and, the least likely. Yeah, Hanniger. He's, he's the most likely, likely to be on. Or, yeah, sorry. Yeah, day roster. Yeah. Yeah, Hanniger's second. Um, I think he'll probably be on the opening day roster. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to find a package that they think is no. worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they will either. They could, but <coughs> I think yeah. winter meetings come around. If they don't have a deal on Hanniger, I think it's pretty safe to say he's staying. Yeah, I think so too. Like I said, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Drew Pomeranz got a four-year deal. Oh boy! Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! What are the uh... Padres doing today? I, I don't know. They traded. They traded our boy Luis Urias for basically peanuts. I know. Um, I'm so mad about that. I'm so so mad. I I'm, mean, they they had like one of like the ten best young bats, uh, you know, skill wise in all of baseball, and they traded him for a guy who's probably a third outfielder on a good team. Um when they still have Manny Marco and Hunter Renfro and, you know, Will Myers. I I mean, it's like, eh. they don't even have, they don't have a second baseman. Like Urias can play second. They traded Eric Lauer, who's pretty good arm in that deal too. Dude, I I would have just traded them Kyle Lewis for like straight up. 
I mean, in a heartbeat. Yeah, like, I think that's a Hell, pretty I fair were, comparison. I thought that they would have to take on some of Will Myers' contract to get Luis Urias for Mitch Haniger. <laughs> I mean, I guess not. But I mean, right. so I don't, I don't even get it. Right, so, so, so Mitch Haniger for Mackenzie Gore confirmed yeah, happening. I mean, Clearly, it has to be. I like. By the way, and again, they traded Eric Lauer in this deal. I know for Zach Eric, Davies. Yeah, Eric Lauer is 24 years old. He's not a free agent until after 2023. He has all three club options left, and he just finished a year where he made 29 starts, went 150 innings, posted 8.3 K per nine, a 3.07. And uh, Zach, on ball Zach Davies is a free agent after this season. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Lauer had a 4.23 FIP and a 2.3 F4. They traded a potential middle of they basically a middle of the order middle infielder and a number four starting pitcher. They need Gresham to be a borderline star because yeah. like Davies to me he's irrelevant in this trade because like I said he only has a year. I, I mean, well, and when you think about it, they literally traded Urias for Grisham and Lauer for Davies. Okay, so when you look at the at Lauer compared to Davies, first of all, Lauer was significantly better than Davies last year already. Yeah, Lauer has all this control. He has like four, four years, years left of control and all four three minor league options. For a guy that posted a 1.6 FR in 160 innings pitched, it is a free agent next year. I look, honestly... guys. Look, look. Moral of the story is: if you're a Mariners fan, obviously you are. You probably are if you're listening I to this podcast, so. especially to this point. Uh, it could be significantly worse. Yeah, you want to know how teams stay in rebuilding mode for decades and why they the Mariners are going to be? They they make trades like this. Yeah. Like, are you insane? Seriously, I I mean, Eric Lauer for Trent Gresham and Zach Davies, that's okay. I'd rather have Lauer, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a huge Gresham fan, but I, I think, you know, at best, at best, he's a solid, you know, starting outfielder. With, you know, five years of club control, almost six. I mean, and all three minor league options. That's a that's a valuable. Trent Gresham is a valuable player in a trade. Is he worth Luis Urias and Eric Lauer? No. He's not even worth Eric Lauer. And you gave up. What are you doing? You've lost your mind. Well, AJ Preller is getting fired soon. I just, hope, at least, for the Padres' how, sake. You had Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., and Luis Urias locked in for at least the next five years. And you traded all that away and a number four starting pitcher for a guy who's probably, more than, more than likely, a platoon outfielder. And one year of Zach Davies. Get out of here. That That is the worst trade we will see. Well... Our our thoughts go out to friend of the show Nick Lee, Padres fan, contributor to the Seahawk Maven, good podcast 
by the way. You should check it out. Yeah, but, you yeah. should. But thoughts go out to him because she is least. Oh my that, god. That is one hell of a fleece. <laughs> the other twenty eight teams in baseball should be furious that they couldn't make it they couldn't beat that offer. So I would have given Hanniger straight up for Urias. Hell, you yeah. can make an argument that Lauer for Hanniger is at least in the ballpark. Is and it out got, of the realm of possibility that you could have gotten both for Hanniger? No, what they clearly did. not. I, I, oh my god, guys! Congratulations. There is nobody in this world right now who can say that the Mariners have the worst front office in baseball because I'm looking at a team that gave Will Myers $20 million a year for three consecutive seasons. I'm looking at a team that overpaid for Eric Hosmer. I'm looking at a team that gave Manny Machado $300 million. That's not going to work out. I Basically, the Padres have Fernando Tatis Jr. And by the way, um, they traded... They traded some pretty good players to get what Taylor Trammell, yeah, it, who's far from who's far from a sure thing. I don't know what the pocket. And they are. just and they just traded for Chris, <laughs> and they have Renfro. They have Mark. Like, what are they doing? They gave a four That's... year. They gave a four year deal to. Uh, Drew Pomerantz. Drew Pomerantz. Who had a really good second half last year. But sure, but four, four years, years to a reliever? You're going to make that kind of commitment to a reliever? I don't care what reliever it is. I mean, I I, I don't I don't know what they're doing. They, now they're going to go trade Kirby Yates for, what, three double-A relievers or something? Like... <laughs> What are you guys doing? All right, guys. Austin Nola for Kirby Yates. You heard it here first. I just... I can't figure out what the what the Padres are up to. Um, to be fair to them, you know, last year I kind of had the same feeling about the uh, Cincinnati Reds, and now I look back at it and I go, yep, they were a lot smarter than I was. Um but I just which which Reds deal are you talking about? The big they did the uh, they traded for Sonny oh. Gray. They gave him the contract oh, yeah. extension. And then they had the big Alex Wood, Yasiel Puig, Homer Bailey, oh, Matt right, Kemp, yeah. and you're just like what what are they doing? Um, and then those deals all worked out great, and Puig ended up being a big part of what got them uh, Trevor Bauer for a year and a half, and now they're. You know, they're talking about competing for the Central and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, that's, that's that's fine. But the Padres, as we're now an hour and 11 minutes in, because we spent the last 10 minutes trashing the Padres, yeah. um, deservedly so. So yes. I'm, I'm yes. not even sorry about that. Yeah. Screw you, Padres. You're just, God. Yeah, you suck. The 12-year rebuild heads into year 13. I said, say what you want about the Mariners. They have not been rebuilding for 13 years. They've been rebuilding for one, and they're already ahead of where the Padres are. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, Ty, yeah. anything you want to say as we wrap up this lovely podcast? Uh, but I mean, 
yeah, the, the, go go see what you go see what the price is on Mackenzie Gore. It's just saying, <laughs> might as <Hey>. well. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you can't rule out anything. Yeah, um, I mean, just I mean, AJ Peller's clearly lost his mind. Uh, so yeah, uh, yes. All right, well. Yeah, I think that's gonna that's gonna be it for us. As there's a truck now backing up in my neighborhood, uh, which is uh, you know with its little little alarm, and I, I think that's given us the nod that it's uh, time to go. Time to wrap it up. But yeah. uh, anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Unfortunately, no Omar Narvaez drop uh, trade drop while we were uh, recording. But uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. If it happens tonight, we'll have instant reaction to that. On Twitter, we'll also have something up on uh, SotoMojo.com, which you guys should be visiting anyways. Uh, A lot of good content up thanks to Jerry's uh, flurry of moves here before the holiday. Um, So, yeah, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS. Make sure you visit the website, SotoMojo.com, for all your Mariners, you know, rumors, content, analysis, what have you. We're not going to talk about uniforms anymore. Thank you guys so much for sending in your questions, and I will see you in another life. Peace out. Peace. Well, not so fast. Uh, unfortunately, Jerry DePoto is trying to get his entire offseason done before Thanksgiving dinner. So this is Colby Patnode back with a little uh, post-show update. Um, the Seattle Mariners have made yet another move, quite literally 10 minutes after we finish recording. Uh, what you just listened to. Uh, So I'm going to quickly address it here, and then we will get more in-depth on the next podcast, which will be sometime next week um, towards the middle of the week. So uh, just so you guys uh, are aware, we we, no tie. He uh, he had to run. Um, So just me for this little five-minute update here. Um, If you guys have missed the news, uh, you've probably seen it by now. Um, The Mariners have signed uh, yet another player to a major league deal. This time it is Patrick Wisdom who is a 28-year-old corner infielder who has spent time in uh, mostly the uh, St. Louis Cardinals organization, um, was traded to the Rangers uh, organization last winter. Uh, Like I said, 28 years old, right-handed hitter, uh, right-handed thrower, 6'2", 220, um, has about uh, 40 games uh, in the big leagues, 86 total plate appearances, um, not really showed all that much, uh, for the Cardinals in his debut, uh, his 2018 debut, his major league debut, uh, he got, uh, 58 plate appearances. He had four home runs, uh, with 11, uh, RBI or sorry, 11, uh, runs scored two, uh, stolen bases, 10 RBI, uh, 260, 362, 520, uh, which is good for a 142 WRC plus and a 0.4, uh, F4. Um, Traded to the Rangers uh, last winter, as I mentioned. Uh, in 2019, he spent almost the entire season in AAA. He hit uh, 240, 332, 5, uh, 513 with 31 home runs, 74 RBI, and 8 steals. Um, but that is, again, in the PCL. Um, that was good for only a 97 WRC+. Plus. Really struggled at the plate, um, you know, uh, relatively to the rest of the league in 2019. He did get a small, small cup of coffee with the Rangers uh, at the end of the year there, um, but it was not good. He 28 plate appearances. He hit 154, 185, 
192 with a negative 14 WRC plus. Struck out 53.6% of the time last year. Uh, 2019 was not a good year for Patrick Wisdom at all. In terms of what he brings to the table, he is probably about an average uh, defending third baseman. Um, nothing special in that game. He does have, uh, I would characterize it as above average power. Um, he does have a few 30 home run seasons in the high minors under his belt. In 2017, he hit uh, 31 homers with 89 RBI in 506 plate appearances. Um, but, you know, there's not a lot of... Um, there's not a lot of upside to this game. The strikeout numbers have uh, soared uh, as he's gone up the major uh, up the uh, minor league ladder. Uh, you know, he's basically had four, uh, three and a half full. Se- well, in 2016 he played 78 games in AAA. 2018 he played 107. So he's got a little bit more than three full seasons uh, at AAA under his belt. Four years consecutively at AAA. Um, and they've showed him to be a average-ish, you know, triple-A hitter. Um, there's not a lot to get excited about here. Uh, like I said, the strikeouts have gone up as he has rise up the minors. He does walk, you know, at a pretty fair clip. Um, nothing outrageous, but he is right around, you know, 8 to 10% most years. Uh, like I said, the power is probably above average. I wouldn't grade it as plus. Uh good solid athlete can steal base here and there if you need him to uh, but he is ultimately uh, more of just depth than anything uh, interestingly enough the Mariners gave him a major league deal not a minor league deal so he is on the 40 man I believe that fills up the 40 man roster as of right now uh, they're so <clears throat> the 40 man roster is filled with his signing uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Mariners plans are for him uh, as I mentioned first base slash third base both of those positions well, they're pretty well taken care of with Evan White and um, with Evan White and Kyle Seeger. I suppose it's possible this is some kind of platoon DH with Daniel Vogelback. Um, we know Vogelback really struggles against lefties. Um, Wisdom uh, could conceivably fill that role. Uh, it's possible, but not likely, um, that Patrick Wisdom signing is an indication that a uh, Omar Narvaez trade is close, um, relatively speaking. Um, You know, if you were going to platoon Vogel back at DH, there would be some sense to having uh, Austin Nola just be the DH that handles all the lefty at-bats, all the at-bats against lefties. But if Austin Nola is your backup catcher and you're only one, you're not going to put him in the DH spot because if Tom Murphy gets hurt, you lose your DH for the rest of the game when you put Murphy or when you put uh, when you put um, Nola back there. So, again, not not likely that this is an indicator that it's close or anything is close, but uh, it is a possibility uh, that the Mariners want to uh, want to prepare for. So, um, we'll see. You know how that uh, how that whole thing kind of kind of works itself out. It's 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 an interesting signing. Uh, we saw them do this last year with Dylan Moore, and he was able to survive the entire season. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see if this is one of those things. Uh, fun little note here: Patrick Wisdom uh, apparently lives in Seattle in the off season. 
That's interesting. Uh, he is, uh, and he's also really good friends with uh, Mariners starting pitcher Marco Gonzalez. Uh, <clears throat> so, some familiarity there uh, with Wisdom in the in the Seattle area and a few of the you know the Mariners themselves. Um, it is worth noting last year was not a good year for Patrick Wisdom against lefties. If the Mariners' plan is to use him as a uh, as a platoon option with Daniel Vogelback. Uh, but the previous year in 2018, um, uh, Patrick Wisdom hit uh, 321, 391, 564 against lefties. Granted, that's in just 78 plate appearances, so not a big sample size there. Um, year before against lefties in AAA, um, 101 plate appearances, 248, 325, 614. So. The signing by itself is a little odd. Uh, we'll see if Patrick Wisdom survives to, uh, you know, to ever play a game in the uh, Mariners organization. It's it's certainly not a gimme just because he signed a major league deal that uh, he's going to be on the major league roster. Um, it's a long off season. There's a good chance that uh, we'll see more 40 man guys waived and all that stuff as more trades go down. So I just wanted to keep you guys in the loop there. That's what we know about uh, Patrick Wisdom. He is uh, it's an interesting name to watch. Uh, I, I think, you know, this is just a separator from other deals. He probably had minor league offers uh, that he thought gave him a better chance of making the big leagues. So the Mariners, you know, they want to see what they can do with him. So they give him a major league deal, uh, which does improve his odds to make the team out of spring training. So we will uh, be back next week. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about the Patrick Wisdom signing. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace out.